0: As the Panthers' new play caller, can Thomas Brown ignite the offense? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays, like today, I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get into next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. I'm going to answer your mailbag questions momentarily. But first, I want to get into Thomas Brown being the new play caller here in Carolina. That news came out on Monday. As Frank Reich said, it was 100% his decision Hmm, I don't believe you, Frank. Two handover play calling duties to Thomas Brown. He said he had discussions with David Tepper, the owner here in Carolina, and Scott Fitter, the general manager, dating back to January when they're putting this staff together with the idea that the bye week would make a lot of sense for the transition. Now, if the Carolina Panthers were 6-0 or 4-2, is this happening? I don't believe so. But is it the best thing for the team moving forward? Absolutely. Bryce Young, franchise quarterback, the Carolina Panthers, gave up a ton to go out there and get him. And so far, he has not looked like the player we thought he would look like in the first six weeks of the season for the Carolina Panthers. Really the five weeks that he played, missing out the game in Seattle. And Thomas Brown, he's 37. He has risen to the ranks here in the NFL as the third black play caller currently, as far as offensive play callers go, in the NFL a former player having played at Georgia and briefly in the NFL was with Sean McVay and that coaching staff the last couple of years, bright guy people believe he's gonna be a future head coach and if that's the case that he has that kind of leadership ability and he's worked with Sean McVay one of the best offensive minds in the NFL and you're looking towards the future and developing Bryce and having that one singular voice and a guy who came out on Monday and said that Bryce Young was number one on his board whether that's true or not I'm gonna believe Thomas Brown because I don't think he has any reason to lie to us he's been very good with the media since the first time he went up there and spoke to him you know Jerry Vero hasn't really said much at all Chris Tabor has nothing that he wants to do with the media. But Thomas Brown has always been engaging. So I appreciate his candor so far, and I think that he has an opportunity to maybe do a good job here in Carolina. So it makes sense. If Bryce Young's your franchise guy, and you're struggling right now, you want to simplify the offense, and you got too many cooks in the kitchen, then let Thomas Brown, who was always supposed to be the future play caller, be the play caller now, and let's see how things go for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. And Thomas Brown, he expressed his uh, gratitude uh, to Frank Reich saying, I'm super appreciative of Frank for giving me this opportunity. Not just talking about the play calling opportunity, but just from the very beginning because it's not normal in this profession to stick to, its nor- rather, it's normal in this profession to stick, stick to who you know, guys you work worked with before. And we had no prior background together. So from the very beginning, he's always been open and honest with his approach. Most of the time, these jobs are filled before the interview process even starts. So giving me a chance to go through that, kind of express my ideas about the offense what I'm going to do to bring to the table and obviously continue to grow and learn from him has been a great deal for me so yes um, I appreciate that from Frank Reich uh, and from the Carolina Panthers brass to actually have an open search and to not have you know the group think and have you know guys that oh hey he came with me before and like I've worked with him only I'm not trying to be open to my coaching staff that's one of the positives that I've seen and now Thomas Brown gets an opportunity now how much will, of the offense will really change now that Thomas Brown is the primary play caller here in Carolina? I'm not quite sure. We'll find out come week eight, next Sunday, when they play against Houston Texans at Bank America Stadium. He's not going to be up in the booth. He's going to be right down there on the sidelines. He said, I love the in-between drive interaction with the players. It just kind of fits me better. And that makes sense. I think you would rather have your offensive coordinator, your play caller, the guy who's going to be communicating with Bryce Young, right there on the sidelines with the rookie opposed to the only time they see each other is before the game at halftime. Then after the game, I would want those interactions to be face to face if I'm the Carolina Panthers. So I think it's a good move that he's going to be down there. Will that be beneficial long-term? I think it can be. Um, And I, (laughs) I don't really necessarily – I know I gave my preference in this situation. Overall, do I really care if he's up in the booth or down in the field? I don't know how much it really matters, but in this circumstance, I think it matters. I think it's kind of a case-to-case deal, but for Bryce Young, I think the best thing, if you want to be able to build that relationship and for Thomas Brown to really command the offense, he needs to be down there on the field with the team, so hopefully that works out. But I have a hard time thinking the Carolina Panthers is going to go from – what is what the 23rd scoring offense to being one of the top 15 top half offenses of the league moving forward, because they still have the issues on the offensive line with protection and just their ability to stay healthy. Now, Austin Corbett should come back after the bye. That will help, and we'll see what they decide to do there at left guard, whether it's going to be Cade Mays moving forward to Chandler all whenever he comes back healthy. I'm skeptical, though, of the offensive line play being that much better than it's been so far this season. Like Getting some sort of continuity, staying healthy, that will help, but I don't know if it's ever going to be as good as it was a year ago when they had all that continuity. They were playing well. They outside had an identity On offense, the wide receivers, Adam Thielen, I trust what he can do for Carolina. I still don't know what they're going to get out of DJ Chark and John Domingo in a group that overall has struggled to get open and create separation for Bryce Young and really help him out. So we'll see whether that changes. Maybe Hayden Hurst gets more involved. Maybe they try to go some more play action, bring some of the concepts that we saw with the Rams over the last couple of years with Sean McVay. I just don't think that overnight that the offense, now with Thomas Brown calling plays, is going to all of a sudden be much better. And think about it. A lot of times, Bryce Young's is going down to the line of scrimmage, looking at what's going on, setting protections, and then checking to other plays. Now, if those checks are screens, which maybe they should, Try and mix it up. If Bryce doesn't get the look that he wants, he's checking to something. Is that on the offensive coordinator? Is that the the scheme? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't know. But I don't know if things are just going to magically be better because Thomas Brown is a play caller. But Thomas Brown needs to get acclimated to being a play caller in the NFL. He needs to be able to go through the battles each and every Sunday so that he and Bryce Young can grow and develop together and the Panthers can be better for it once they head into 2024. If assuming that Thomas Brown, this whole coaching staff, is still here in Carolina next year. So we'll see how that all works out. But Thomas Brown, now the primary play caller and good for him. It's something that's going to give him an opportunity to potentially be a head coach. People think he's going to be a head coach. Well, the best pathway to being a head coach is being young and calling players on offense. That is the trend in the NFL. And typically, those positions have gone to white men. Now, Thomas Brown, black, third of the only, there's three, only three of them right now in the NFL currently, three black men that are play callers. So he's one of them. He gets an opportunity and maybe it'll lead to him getting a, coach, a coaching job uh, down the line. We will see. So uh, congratulations, Thomas Brown. And hopefully, this is the best thing for the Carolina Panthers. But again, stay tuned. All right, take a quick pause and I'll come back here and I'll answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. All season long, whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Christian Watson is back fully healthy for the Packers and set to continue to make a huge second year leap for Jordan Love as a big play and red zone threat. Last time out, Watson saw seven targets against the Raiders, catching three passes for 91 yards. There's a good chance that he repeats that production in a matchup against a vulnerable Broncos defense. Watson should be able to exploit a struggling secondary with his combination of size and speed. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same if your vehicle... With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get into it. The weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, either at me or DM me to get in questions for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag. I know there's not a game on Sunday. It's a bye week for all of us. Um, Thank God. (laughs) But please, send in questions for next Wednesday. You know, thanks. Think about some things, send them in, and I'll uh, answer your questions heading into the week eight matchup against the Houston Texans, which will probably be, um, in a lot of fans' eyes, a referendum on whether the Panthers got the Bryce Young pick right, even though way too early to go down that road. Uh, but going over to Kevin now, Kevin asks, is Frank Reich having buyer's remorse with taking this head coaching position? Do you see Frank walking away just because he doesn't want to coach anymore? And if so, does someone take over, like maybe Thomas Brown, if things go well, or do don't or do we start over again? I had a friend text me on Tuesday um, because we we're we we're talking about Thomas Brown and him taking over as a play caller, and we both had the skepticism of, oh yeah, this is one hundred percent Frank Reich. Frank Reich came out and said that he has had conversations about when he would change over play calling duties uh, to Thomas Brown with David Zepper. On multiple occasions what do you think is happening every Tuesday when they're having these meetings you think they're not talking about this you don't think David Tepper is looking at the offense and doing exactly what fans are doing it fans are out on social media being like Frank Reich shouldn't be the play caller and even other smarter people out there not saying fans aren't smart but you know other media types saying Frank Reich shouldn't be the play caller you don't think the owner is expressing that same sentiment so I'd send my my buddy um, this article from back in 2019, uh, when David Tepper, after his first season as the owner of the Carolina Panthers, opted to keep Ron Rivera, and he was quoted as saying that he believed that Ron Rivera gave their defense the best opportunity to have success, as he wanted Ron Rivera to be the primary defensive play caller after Ron Rivera took over for Eric Washington in a struggling defense there in the second half of the season in 2018. So I let him know, like, hey, this is not the first time David Tepper has done this, and I do not believe that Frank Reich 100% made this decision at all to end up being to hand over play on right now like if things were going well he's not handing it over to Thomas Brown because he just wouldn't really make a lot of sense when you know the team would be winning why would they do that then uh, but maybe they would have I don't know Frank Reich tends to believe at least he believes in his mind that that would have been the case I think he's in a way lying to himself and all of us when he says that so that's kind of leads to this question, I think, Kevin, about the buyer's remorse. If anything, I think Frank Reich is like looking at David Tepper and thinking to himself, my God, I had to deal with Ursay and I'm meeting with you on a weekly basis. And I don't even know if Ursay is that involved. I know Jim Ursay is uh, certainly a quirky individual. I think that's the best way to describe Jim Ursay. Um, without getting sued here on this podcast, so I can't imagine why he would want to have dealt with that then come here to Carolina, but maybe he doesn't know, and it's hard to believe he didn't know. Don't you talk to other coaches around the league? Isn't there uh, at least a reputation that's been built over the last couple seasons about how David Tepper operates and how active he is? But until I guess you're really in that situation, living it literally day after day, maybe you just don't quite understand what it's like. So if anything, maybe he's sitting there being like, well, damn, this sucks. But as far as the Thomas Brown piece of it, my friend who I talked to, he asked me, hey, is Thomas Brown head coach next year? And I was like, well, I don't know if that would be the case. If things go awry, I don't think Frank Reich is stepping aside. I think it's David Tepper possibly cleaning house and then bringing in a young play caller and drooling all over the idea of Ben Johnson up there in Detroit before wanting to give the job to Thomas Brown. Even if Thomas Brown is well liked by the locker room, even if the offense shows some improvement, we've, we already saw this happen last year. The locker room wanted Steve Wilkes, the offense found an identity and David Zepper said, no, that's not what I want. So I would find it hard to believe, but maybe, maybe that would happen. But I imagine there's a piece of Frank Reich in the back of his mind, maybe even in front of his mind being like, damn, this Tepper guy, he is getting on my nerves. Um, over to Fred. He asked, Do you believe all the reports of a fire sale, or do you think they try and keep everything intact and maybe make some logistical changes during the buy, like a play caller change? Well, of course, we know they've made the play caller change. Um, I have not really seen reports of a fire sale like last year. Like, and even last year, I don't know if there was reports that it'd be a fire sale. People were just wondering. What would happen with the Carolina Panthers? They were a bad football team. They had just fired Matt Rule, and you're going to get a new head coach. And they knew that the Carolina Panthers would then be in the market for a quarterback. So, okay, go ahead, trade some players, get some assets so that you can move up for a quarterback, which they did. So now it's kind of what are they trying to do? Are they in between? Like, Do they want to do a complete teardown and then get a new staff? Do they want to do it half and half like they've been doing the last couple of years with really no direction? Do they want to be bullish on what they have and believe, hey, we're going to turn things around in the second half of the season and build momentum towards next year and actually retain some of our good players? Because what the Carolina Panthers need are more good players, not less good players. Because we don't have good players, well, you see what happens on Sundays. So I don't know if they're necessarily trying to kind of going to try to keep everything intact. Like they should listen to offers. Scott Fitter set in on every deal. I'm just still not on board with getting rid of Brian Burns. And is Brian Burns having a Pro Bowl caliber season right now? Is he, you know, looking amazing? No. I wouldn't say that at all, but I still think he's the best player on this team. He's a valuable asset for the Carolina Panthers on the field, in this locker room, in the organization. I would rather have him here than trade him away. And we've talked about how poorly the Carolina Panthers have drafted the last couple of years. What gives you the thought that it's going to completely change? Now, then, that brings you probably the question, why not just get rid of Scott Fitterer then? Again, is Scott Fitter making all the decisions? Because it's not—it's an open secret in the league that David Tepper was the one who really influenced the Bryce Young tra- uh, draft, pay- well, try to trade and drafting Bryce Young. So, does a GM really even get the final say when it comes to these things? I don't know, but um, I we'll see. And I got some other questions too about. Trade deadline, Kurt. He said, "A bye week, seeming uh, a bye week, seeming like the perfect time to move players over, under one and a half players that played against Miami that will no longer be on the roster when they take the field again against Houston." <sighs> I, yeah. It feels like they're gonna make a trade. I, I feel like they'll do something. Like, I've, I, and I've come out and said, I don't want them to trade Burns. Like, put me on the record. I don't want them to trade Burns. They're going to find they're gonna have a hard-ass time trying to find somebody to come out here and rush the passer. Like, Justin Houston has not really made that much of an impact, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on here on the show. Um, but, like, they get rid of Burns, then there's no pass rush at all. Like, they had him on Sunday, and they got one quarterback hit on two. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, Brian Burns, he's got to be able to make more of an impact than that. And I know he's facing double teams. Yeah, whatever. He's got to be at least seen in these games. And he made his present known immediately when they played against the Falcons. And he's, you know, hasn't been nearly as disrupted the last disrupted the last couple weeks. But he's a good player for the Carolina Panthers. And I do not want to see him out of Carolina because that means DJ's gone. It means McCaffrey's gone. That means Burns is gone. That's three first round picks. Like those are the picks the Panthers are actually getting right. So why get rid of them, especially if they're at a premium position? So no, I don't. I don't want to see that happen. But if I had to go over or under, I guess I would probably say. I guess I'd go over. I say maybe they make two trades. I, I'll I'll go with over. I don't. I don't necessarily know who it would be. Um, it maybe Chen. Like there hasn't really been much talk about contract talk momentum there. That would maybe make sense. I mean Dante Jackson. That can make sense How for the Carolina Panthers as they try to figure out what they're going to do at corner long-term. Um, and then here, how about this guy, uh, Alex? He, he asks, you said the only thing that matters now is the future. Does that mean it's time to trade his last release? Justin Houston, he's taking reps from young guys. And you have to think at this point in his career he'd want to play for contender. Yeah, Justin Houston um, comes from Baltimore. you got to imagine he is regretting that decision where there was talk um, and reports out there that the Ravens would like to have brought back Justin Houston. And it just kind of took some time. And he's old. He's not going to sit there and go through OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and even most of training camp. He's going to wait until you know the preseason is almost over to want to sign with a team, which is basically, I guess he signed a little bit earlier than that for the Carolina Panthers. Um, But you have to imagine he's just like, damn, this is not the situation I want to be in at age 34. That would make sense as a player that you could trade, maybe get like, A seventh round pick. I don't know how much you're really getting out of Justin Houston um, as far as compensation, but that would be a logical um, guy to get rid of because, hey, you're doing him a favor, you're letting him go to a contender. And it's possibly ask out. Like think about last year, Baker Mayfield. He wasn't the quarterback here anymore. Um, he was back healthy. He's like, hey guys, like can can I just be released, and so I can go sign somewhere else? Like there's a possibility that that happens with the Carolina Panthers. You think about a couple of years ago when the Panthers traded for Stephon Gilmore. What happened earlier in the day? The Patriots had. The reports leak out that they were going to release him, and that basically let teams know, hey, if you really want Stephon Gilmore, you better come out here and trade for him right now. It's possible the Carolina Panthers can like do something like that, just leak it to Rappaport, to Schefter, whoever, and then have some teams maybe come out here and try and trade for him. So I'd say the over-under would be, is you say it's one and a half, Kurt, I'll say it's two, and I would agree, Alex, that Justin Houston really hasn't done that much, and you've seen some improvement from Gross Matos uh, this year. And whenever, I don't know when Marquise Haynes comes back, but if Haynes can come back, then it's like, okay, Gross Matos has played better. You know, he's still got Burns around. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. You can bring Haynes in to kind of replace Justin Houston if the Carolina Panthers decide that they want to, you know, trade him elsewhere. But that that would make sense as far as a move. But I don't know if they're going to have any big moves aside from possibly Brian Burns. But that still is all speculation. Really no sort of rumors out there that the Panthers want to do that. The only thing is that the compensation, uh, Albert Breer said this, uh, Sports Illustrated saying that the compensation uh, last year is not the same this year because of the whole situation of his contract and a team having to trade for him, then negotiate a new deal with him, and who knows whether that would get done. So there's a level of risk a team would be um, you know, having to incur if they decide to trade a first-round pick or something uh, akin to that for Brian Burns' uh, his services here at the deadline. All right, let's take another quick pause here. Then I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here. On Locked On Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brand your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash On today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash On.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, a couple more questions here on the show before we get out of here on this weekly Wednesday Mailbag edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, every Wednesday throughout the rest of of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now, or you can do what Wilson did and text me. Um, but of course, you guys don't have my number. Uh, but Wilson asks: Etorgos Matas Matos has been a relative bright spot with two and a half sacks through the first six games, particularly giving given how much. Sorry, uh, particularly given how most people expected little from him coming into the season. What more does he need to do to justify Carolina bringing him back next year? Or has he shown enough already? It's possible that he has. Now, I guess there's a few factors. Is the same coaching staff still here in Carolina next season? Is Scott Fitterer still here in Carolina next season? Like, Those are two things that I feel like we got to figure out what is going to happen first before really having kind of a discussion about Gross Matos coming back. So really, let's think about it. Gross Matos, final year of his deal, is showing some improvement. and A lot of people, myself included, felt like he was going to be an awkward fit in this 3-4 scheme that Adjero Vero was bringing over from Denver. And so far, he's been pretty good, like you mentioned, Wilson. So I'm happy for him that that's been the case. He was a second-round pick. The Carolina Panthers uh, wanted of course way more out of him back when he was um here with the first three years of matt rule i still do wonder like if this is the kind of scheme fit for him long term like if he would be better suited as you know more traditionally as a um even front four three like defensive end opposed to what he's been doing this year in carolina so we'll see um and you got to understand too like does he want to be here long term or does he kind of Feel like And he's going to come out and say, oh, I can fit in this defense. Like, that's what he said back in training camp. But the Carolina Panthers clearly didn't have a ton of faith in him coming into the year uh, because they went out there and got Justin Houston. I think just having a veteran makes sense. That can give coverage to guys like DJ Johnson as well, who hasn't really played that much. The uh, third-round pick the Panthers erroneously traded up for. Just what a horrible move that was. Uh, I just don't know if that's something that they want to do. Um, the the money has to be right. Like, of course, like, there's so many things you got to think about too that go into this. So I, I think he's a replacement level player, and he's much better than like the Nick Thurman's and the Ryan Rays, the Panthers for whatever reason have on the defensive line. I think he gives him far more. Whether you want to consider him a defensive lineman or an outside linebacker, I do think that he could be someone worth keeping around. Like they, I didn't think Marquise Haynes was going to come back here to Carolina, and they kept him. So. I, it's possible that Grossmanos comes back, and maybe they sign him to like a modest deal, like uh, Marquise Haynes signed, and I think that could make sense for the Carolina Panthers. But does it make sense for him? I, I don't know. But um, so far, I feel like I agree. He's been a, he's been good for them. He's been one of the lone bright spots in a banged up defense, and one that right now is one of the worst in the league because they've been so injured. So, yeah, it's worth uh, considering. Just got to figure out whether they're going to have the same coach and GM because that obviously is going to play a massive role in uh, what this roster and organization looks like moving forward into uh, the offseason in 2024. And over with Jake, final question, by the way. It's another question about a player that I think a lot of us questioned whether he would be um, – On the roster after the season, maybe there's going to be a spot for him after this year. Uh, Jake asked, is there a real scenario we bring back C.J. Henderson next season? I feel like his poor play over the last two seasons has has blinded fans uh, to his good play this year at cornerback one for the most part. Considering J.C.'s injury bug, Dante more than likely gone before the trade deadline and the rest of the room, it doesn't seem smart to replace the entire unit. Well, J.C. Horn's not going anywhere. Um, They're reevaluating him. At least he's going to have a checkup this week with a doctor. Then they'll decide the next steps from there. So J.C. Horn isn't going to go anywhere. He'll be here next year, and it could be his final year. I do not see how they could possibly exercise a fifth-year option unless he just goes out and is all-world in the final half of the season whenever the hell he comes back. But considering the amount of time he's missed, in his rookie year, last year, and this year, it doesn't seem wise for the Carolina Panthers to exercise that 50-year option and basically tell him next year, you got to prove it. You got to stay healthy before we're going to go out there and invest in you financially for the long term. So Horn's not going to go anywhere. Troy Hill will be gone. Um, Dante could be gone whether they decide to trade him or they just want to part ways after the offseason or in the offseason that would make sense for the Panthers so Henderson he does have value in a way um because he's been out there playing and he's yeah he's been he's been fine he's been better he hasn't been a complete liability like he was the last two seasons and still a young player transitioning to different defenses different coaching staffs like that doesn't help at all um but so far things like I think he's played you know fairly well for the Carolina Panthers where I still don't believe like he's like I top 10 kind of player like he was coming that like he his 10th overall pick or whatever ninth overall pick 10th overall whatever it was in that draft Has he lived up to that draft billing no but he's out there on the field getting an opportunity making a couple plays um in some of these games so there could be value they're able to bring back cj henderson but there's gonna be other teams out there they're gonna look at henderson and think to themselves well hey he was a top 10 pick he's put a lot in carolina he improved last year why don't we go out there especially a team that might be just desperate for a cornerback they may be willing to give him a lot more than the Carolina Panthers uh, want to give and that that's what happens in free agency people get desperate they throw money at dudes that you're just like why would you do that CJ Henderson could be the beneficiary of that uh, this offseason after missing out on that $11 million that would have been paid had the Carolina Panthers exercised his fifth-year option. So I, I do think it, it could make sense, uh, considering that if he leaves and Dante gets traded or gets cut and then Ho- Troy Hill's gone, and they still have Deshaun Jameson, they want to keep him around, they just don't have a ton of depth, and you don't really know what the future of that position looks like, even with J.C. Horn back. Um, and Scott Fitter came out and said when they traded for him that it was not a reactionary move to J.C. getting injured. It was a move for the future. And I've talked about well, the futures now. We need to see him perform. Well, he started to perform a little bit. And if he's the guy that they wanted opposite of J.C. for the future and he keeps playing relatively well and he's at least available, which a lot of these guys aren't, then there's a pretty good argument to be made that he's worth bringing back. Again, at the right price. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me at Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where, again, I'll be back next Wednesday to answer your weekly Wednesday mail-back questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday.